The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Spiritual Ecstasy with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Welcome you with love to spiritual ecstasy on the superpowers of the soul channel. Today, we're going to be talking about the heartwarming and opening ecstasy of service and charity. Not everybody thinks about service and charity in this way. But the, there is a context here that makes it make sense. And the first context is it's part of the six foundations of spiritual life. And each of these foundations opens us up and helps us evolve spiritually. That's the big point. And when we talk about service and charity, it makes a point immediately that those who benefit most from service and charity, as much as we would like to think that's not the case, are the people giving the service and charity. So that's an interesting way of thinking about it. My name is Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I am known as the physician of the soul. And we'll be discussing this issue of the heart opening of service and charity from the position of my background as a holistic physician, a spiritual teacher for 48 years, a humanitarian, a Native American sun dancer, an acknowledged yogi, and also a rabbi, as well as the professional background of a psychiatrist and family therapist. And a grandfather and a father of two wonderful children. So what's special here? And in my work, service and charity is a way of life, actually. It's a way of life. But I've been doing this for 40, literally, literally 48 years. And to me, it's a way of helping people wake up to the truth of who they are. And my 13 books, which are more involved with spiritual nutrition, also talk about this in different ways, okay? And that's the, the key. My latest book, Into the Nothing, uh, talks about it a lot because it's a spiritual autobiography. I talk about these things in my workshops and my uh, video videos and in my talks that I do every week, particularly Thursday, we talk about spiritual nutrition and also uh, another program, Alive and Liberated with Dr. Gabriel. It's part of the whole way of life that I personally live. Why is that important today? Service and charity. People worried about so many things. 
because that's what makes us come alive. That is what the potential to help us think bigger than ourselves and our personal health and cowering in fear from the kinds of things that are going on. Not that some of these things aren't fearful. I don't mean that. But there's more to life. And these fearful things tend to make us forget that there's more to life. And there's more to your life. So what I'm going to share is just a little bit of my experience in this. Now, there are different ways of service and charity. The simple way is you write a check, done, there's no really connection. It's Or it's something you believe in, but you're not there. So to me, the, the real experience is when you're really there, you're in it. So, and, it, and whatever that causes you're writing your check for, it's a good thing and it makes you feel good. That's one level. Just the other day, something really interesting happened uh, on my wife's way home. And she left her cell phone on the train. That's a pretty big deal. As you all know, most people are very connected to their cell phone. Well, she didn't quite get started with it. And suddenly it's like, where's my cell phone? And uh, she put out a word, just a little word. And literally within a few minutes, somebody found the cell phone. How did they find the cell phone? Because all her friends were really interested in her finding her cell phone. So this whole network went out. And an old friend of hers, a friend of mine too, uh, literally knew someone that works with the railway. And she calls him. I guess he's the person that cleans the train in some way or whatever, like a conductor. And he said, yeah, I just found it. So within a few minutes, this network of people got involved. There were about eight people involved. And they actually found her cell phone. Everybody felt great. Really, there was this big celebration. In fact, the, the lady who uh, actually made the contact with the guy at the at the railway station, we had her over for dinner just uh, two days ago. And I was like, wow, this old friendship got reunited. It's like, this is a heart opening. This is a celebration. This is the ecstasy that happens, that may happen with service and charity. That's just a, a simple uh, explanation of what really can happen. We're about to take a break. Uh, again, my name is uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I uh, have a variety of workshops and seminars, and I focus a lot about people waking up to the truth of who they are and empowering people to help other people wake up too. Uh, my seminars are in spiritual nutrition. They're in emotional waking and spiritual awakening. So we're working on a kind of a multi-dimensional level. I can be reached at drcousins.com. 
And my books can be found really in all the leading bookstores uh, around the world. And so we are going to return. This is uh, in about in about 10 seconds. Uh, so again, it's spiritual ecstasy, the uh, the heartwarming and opening of ecstasy. It comes from service and charity is the title of it. And we're on Superpowers of the Soul. See you shortly. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Okay, welcome back to Superpowers of the Soul and to my program, Spiritual Ecstasy. And today we're talking about the heartwarming and opening ecstasy of service and charity. And just to remind you, I teach a variety of workshops around the world. I can be reached at drcousins.com for a list of all my workshops, my weekly uh, teachings, particularly on Thursdays, Alive and Liberated with Dr. Gabriel, as well as uh, a weekly seminar on spiritual nutrition and a variety of other uh, special programs. You can find that on the uh, schedule on drcousins.com. So I shared just a minute ago the joy the people had in finding Shanti's cell phone. Now I'm going to talk about a little bit different kind of service and charity. It has a little, it had a little danger associated with it. So when I was around I don't know, 1920, uh, I worked, uh, uh, I was in college and doing uh, biochemistry research at the University of Chicago. And at night, I would take a bus down then to uh, the Abraham Lincoln Center, 3800 South. And I was working with gang members. Um, and it was quite an interesting experience. So we'd play basketball. There'd be lights at night. We'd play basketball and bump each other and do what, you know, what guys do, you know, with gang members. Um, and then I also uh, would play uh, tapes for them. And if you're uh, a black teenager on the south side of Chicago in a gang, where people killing each other all the time, there's really pretty much one person they're interested in listening to, and that's Malcolm X. So we, I happened to have all the tapes of Malcolm X, and we were playing and teaching because they, they really listened to him. He was a main person they would listen to, okay? And great wisdom for who they are. And these kids... And they were kids, but they're also young, you know, teens and also older teens, still teens, a a range, in other words. Um, 
when I really talked to them, when we talked heart to heart, they actually saw no future whatsoever. There was no hope whatsoever. And so what's the problem with shooting each other? Which is one of the main things that we're facing. And my work with it began to give them a little hope. I mean, the truth is I worked for two years doing this. No one was killed. And if you know anything about Chicago, that's a big deal. Okay. And, but more than that, we did, we had a victory garden and we went, got an, an empty lot nearby that was like, what? We're growing food? Are you kidding me? But they were doing it. And it was mostly with guys with this, but the garden, uh, some of the, the girls got, the, the ladies got involved as well. Now, An incident happened just that was just perfect. Um, as typical, somebody insulted somebody else and somebody was coming with a gun to shoot them. Uh, and, and this is in the kind of a very intense living uh, situation uh, in, the, in the kind of buildings okay, that people were living in. And somehow a big crowd come out, and then a little kid got hit by a bus driving through too fast. And suddenly we had a riot. We had at least 5,000 people on the street. So I saw this as an opportunity for the gang to really feel its positive power. So we took it on. Maybe by that time there was 10,000 people on the street. I mean, it was like it wasn't just the street, it was like this whole area that was just crowded with people waiting for more trouble to happen. And the gang succeeded in calming the crowd. It was like really quite a thing. I mean, I was also involved standing on top of a car, kind of directing a little bit, and, but the gang did it. And uh, it was real positive action. And the police came. And they made a really smart decision. They chose to not get involved. The gang actually was handling it really, really well. Okay. So they stood back. Very smart. I kind of hinted they should do that also, but they, they did it. They knew enough to do that. And we quelled it. Things quieted down. People went their way. Nothing bad happened. And afterwards, the officer in charge of the whole South Side area uh, met with us. I said, how did you do that? What happened here? And what he didn't understand was the power of this, these gang, young gang members to do something positive. It was like, what just happened? And some of the members kind of shared, because we were in a circle, there, uh, what they did. It was like, it was just spontaneous. It was perfect. It probably saved some lives and no damage, no riots, but it lifted people's self-esteem, the gang members' self-esteem to, to, to the heavens. And that was empowering. That was meaningful. And it gave people a purpose. And so it kind of would be 
a little bit our energy was, you know, we're not looking for violence and we're really looking to uplift people and, and make this a positive place to live. So, uh, and, and really we're talking about a few square blocks. People, the, the gang members didn't really go outside of a certain, uh, I'll call it the territory because there were other gangs too, like the Blackstone Rangers who you have to be from the 60s to know who they were. They were a gang of about 3,000 people, an active gang. Our gang had, had 300 people. So it's like there was a real empowerment. Now, that's another kind of service and charity. But we prepared for it. We prepared our minds for it. We worked together. They, saw, they had a bigger view of what their life could be, at least for the moment. Okay, a bigger view that they could be more than just another <clears throat> gangbanger and ultimately a dead body. Because, you know, most of them did not believe they would live beyond their early 20s. There's nothing to live for anyway. And when I left, um, I, I lived in actually central Harlem and I, where I went to medical school. So, uh, Columbia. Um, that day, eight people were killed in a gang fight. Eight people. Nobody killed for two years. And it's all about hope and meaning. So in this case, service and charity was, here we are, rubbing shoulders, playing basketball, bouncing against each other, playing Malcolm X, and talking about meaning and value in life. So that's another level of, of service and charity is to serve and help people's hearts open, give them the right example of things, to really kind of uplift the quality of their lives. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Now, over the years, uh, Another kind of service in charity is in the Native American way. Now, myself, I uh, have I have a book called "There Is a Cure for Diabetes," and uh, have many, many centers around the world working on a cure for diabetes. One of them is in Africa, another is in Mexico. When I say one, I'm talking about we're working in five or six countries in. Uh, Africa. Uh, and uh, one is the diabetes prevention, two is growing organic, veganic, vegan food. Like in Cameroon, we have literally 60 organic, veganic farms. So they're supplying food for people in, in the area. There's an orphanage that we're, you know, supporting in, uh, in, in Ghana and there's things in Ethiopia, there's stuff in Nigeria. Um, and this is another way of service and charity, like providing skills and inspiration. Um, the, an interesting thing, uh, when I was in Nigeria, in a place called Oweri, which is... Uh, most people have heard the starving children of Biafra. That was Biafra, but they changed the name to the actual real name, tribal name was Oweri. And I was working with the uh, king. I was actually staying at his house, uh, his palace. 
And uh, I noticed all these stars of David. I, I said, you know, and he and I would eat lunch together, or eat our meals together. I mean, it, it's a different world, okay? All the food had to be checked if it was poisoned, the doors were locked, we were eating them, it's a little bit of a procedure. Um, and they also took, I couldn't go anywhere without a bodyguard. That was just the context, okay? Because it, it, it was a little, uh, it was tough in a certain way. But um, I asked him, what are, what are all these stars of David doing all over? I mean, they're all over the place. And he explained to me that uh, his tribe was one of the lost tribes of Israel. Ibu, their name. And they had come down into Nigeria, migrated down, and then they converted over time to Christianity, and but everybody knew they were Jewish. It's like, what? I couldn't believe it. So uh, he was not only the king of the area, but there were at least 13 tribes that were under him. So I said, look, let's do Shabbat. I don't think anyone's had a Shabbat before. And so we had a Shabbat, uh, Friday night Shabbat service. Um, it was uh, by a little bit by candlelight and by fire. Uh, and it was very profound. And we did, I did everything with him, you know, as a rabbi, because I was also a rabbi at that point. And, uh, it was so profound for people because they got in touch with their spiritual roots in a whole other land. Wait, remember, lost tribes, their spiritual roots were tribes of Israel. And so uh, I gave the kind of the initiation, we call it the Smeka Meshefa. It's the transmission of energy that awakens it. And uh, it was amazing to see. It wasn't just 13 people. It was like all these families. It was a big space that we did, you know, because it wasn't just mom and dad. It was like the kids and, 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 you know, the relatives. So that was a very uh, unexpected level of service and charity, which is more a spiritual. Uh, not that what happened to the South Side of Chicago wasn't spiritual, but this is more overtly spiritual where we can kind of give from a certain background. But it's all about heart connection. It was really great. The king's uh, father was 111 years old, and I was leaving about three days later, and he was still high from the spiritual energy that happened from Shabbat. It was like, okay, he's 111. He's hanging out with the with the men, so to speak, and he's just flying. He was so profoundly moved. So this is a spiritual upliftment in a slightly different way that opened people up and really opened people's hearts up. So again, this is about heart opening. It wasn't like I'm there and I'm just giving you some money. No, that's not what happened. Yes, we were setting up diabetes centers. We were working at orphanages, supporting the local school and different things like that. but. There was a heart opening and a heart connection for people and connection to the roots. 
so part of service and charity is you don't know what's going to happen. It just kind of happens. Okay, that's pretty cool. So that is uh, part of, uh, of the work that uh, kind of uh, goes on in different ways. So uh, again, I am saying we're putting our hearts into it. And that's the, the key. It's, it's like service and charity from the heart. That's what elevates the people. I mean, I was just as high as everybody else. It's like, whoa, I can't believe this is really happening. Um, another kind of service and charity is, uh, as a Native American sun dancers, we did Sundance and also did what we call uh, eagle dance. But Sundance is you're, you're dancing four days without food and water. And you, uh, at some point during that, usually the third or fourth day, you have hooks in your chest. They put, and then you, uh, and at some point you release, uh, you pull back and it kind of opens up your chest, opens up your heart is what it really does. And we understood that. And for the warriors, it was spilling the blood. Yeah, you also obviously bleed a little bit. I mean, they're real hooks, okay? And there's a rope tied to the tree. And uh, you, you're opening up your heart, and literally, physically ripping open your heart, and an offering of service to the community. It's, it's an energy of uh, symbolic service to the community. Of course, uh, from that energy goes out to service. So there's, there's cere- there can be ceremony connected with it, but it clearly was service. Okay, you're dancing for the people. You're dancing for the upliftment of the people. To the point of you are literally opening your heart physically for the people. And so that's another form of service and charity. And, of course, it inspires the warrior elements to serve the people. Okay. And there are circles of groups around that who you know are recipients of the immediate energy. Because what happens after the dance, after four days? Without food and water, you get a lot of spiritual energy gets built up. So it's not only symbolical offering, but that spiritual energy is then sent out to the people, you know, uh, watching, witnessing the Sundance. A lot of people don't understand these subtleties, but that is part of the process is that you're opening, bleeding, opening up your heart. This is where the hooks are put, right over the heart area higher heart area, and you're, you're offering your, your blood to service in the community and inspiring everybody around to fill them with the spiritual energy. And the Native American uh, Lakota um, uh, tribe that I was uh, associated with were clearly aware that this is opening up your heart blood to the community. So that's another level of service and charity. And some of this work, uh, 
we began to form organizations. So we had Where East West African uh, kind of service organization there. Uh, there was five of us in five different countries. Um, and we formed a council that would, you know, manage the funds and do the different things and plan an overall picture for West Africa. And we did the same uh, in the Mexican uh, uh, area, Alianza de Corazon, Alliance of the Heart. So we had about five people. We same thing. There's lots of villages we serve, lots with again diabetes protection and food growing. So uh, we began to repeat. But the whole idea is, it's service and charity. Well, you're involved. You're not separate from this. You're involved, you know, and you go there. Your your blood is on the ground, like literally with the Sundance. The last uh, type of service and charity, and there are many forms, uh, is really as a for myself as a spiritual teacher to inspire people to wake up to the truth of who they are to inspire people to go beyond the conditioned uh, consciousness that the world is uh, uh, oppressed with. And I mean oppressed because if you're in that mindset, the matrix mindset, it's really hard to grow spiritually. And so naturally we want to, we help people break out of that and wake up and open their hearts to God. Now, there's God everywhere, and clearly with the Sundance, it's about doing that, but it's opening your hearts to people. This is opening your hearts to God. This is elevating your consciousness. This is what the six foundations and sevenfold peace are about. It's a whole natural, holistic way of living that takes you to liberation. And what I'm sharing here is about that, a way of living that takes you to liberation and the adventures of that. So I'm going to share one more. And this is with a, a woman who uh, really, really wanted to wake up. And she uh, was at the end of a, a, a fast, 14-day fast, um, that I was guiding her on. She was in a... Uh, kind of a taking a cleansing bath in a, in a spring. And it was very powerful the whole 14 days because you, you have to extend yourself a little bit. And following the spiritual teachings and getting what we call as uh, spiritual awakening. Uh, but when she came out, there was a little boy who saw her and she was feeling really free and really liberated. So there's a boy who, who's said uh, he found a pair of handcuffs, real handcuffs. He said, are these yours? And the symbolism was perfect. Her handcuffs that had kept her in, uh, enslaved for her duration of her life until then had finally come off. And that to me is the almost ultimate service of charity is where people wake up spiritually, opening their hearts to God and feeling their oneness with the divine. 
blessed. And so may everybody be blessed that we're able to wake up spiritually and feel our oneness with the, the divine. Now, just to remind you, my name's uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, uh, you know, rabbi, acknowledged yogi, general spiritual teacher. We have lots of workshops uh, that help people do just that. Opening their hearts, opening their consciousness, and feeling their oneness with the divine. I have regular programs. You go to drcousins.com, and there's a list of all the different programs. I have regular uh, weekly programs, particularly on Thursday, spiritual nutrition a program, the one called Alive and Liberated with Dr. Cousins. I also see people individually, uh, usually people who come to me for a holistic evaluation and program are interested not just in their medical issues, but in waking up on all levels of who they are. So you can reach me at drcousins.com, and that's where you can find out about the workshops and also about uh, really make an appointment if you want. So all that's available, okay? And all the levels that we have for service and charity, it really does make a difference. And there's a certain subtle ecstasy in that we, we get and heart opening that we get from living lives literally of service and charity, heart opening, heart warming, from living lives of service and charity. And my challenge to you is to kind of look at your life and see how you can inspire other people and in the process be inspired yourself to open your hearts to the divine through the process of service and charity. So may peace be with you in this process and may you be inspired and turned on to live a life style of service and charity on a very direct, loving, and heart-opening way. Amen. Aho. We say Native American, all the time to us. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.